we're in our third part of this series called Dawn. And we launched it on Easter. And, of course, everything changed at dawn. I mean, I tell you what, the history has had a number of people who have died for what they believe in, have even laid down their lives in this sacrificial act that has happened throughout history. But you know what? There's only one time in history that that was done, and then dawn came and that full grave got emptied. That was our Lord. That was our Savior. And He lives in resurrection power. And everything forever changed at dawn. We had been in light. We had been in the day when we were created. Darkness came whenever humanity embraced their own wisdom and their own way. And sin had its course. We lived in darkness. And then Jesus brought a brand new dawn. But here we are. We're living in the dawn. We have this new dawn. This new day is here. Now what on earth are we going to? to do with it see the resurrection of jesus it brought the new day for us and now we need to learn what it means to live in the light of this beautiful dawn matthew 4 we talked about this last week this is even talking about this is the referencing the the prophetic word that was given that jesus fulfilled with his life matthew 4 says to fulfill what was said through the prophet isaiah land of zebulun land of naphtali the way, <clears throat> the way to the sea along the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people living in darkness have seen a great light and on those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. It's here. It's here now. This isn't, we're not waiting for dawn someday. It's not, ooh, I'm just going to eke through and then one day when Christ comes back and, uh, and, uh, and the sweet by and by, all of a sudden this, this beautiful dawn happens then. No, the, we get re- access to resurrection power and new life right now. We get to live in this new dawn right now. But guess what? This living in the dawn thing, okay? This living in the dawn thing, it includes learning how to fight when the enemy attacks at dawn. This lear- we, the, the enemy hates it. He had us trapped. He had us cornered. We were stuck in darkness. If Before you said yes to Christ, you were, you were stuck in your sin and in, 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 a, in, a, in a prison of just being separated from God. And then when we said yes to Christ and allowed Him to take care of the debt that was owed by our mistakes, and then all of a sudden that's, te- that's canceled. And now we're set free. The enemy hates us living in the light of that dawn. Hates us thinking about it. Hates us being aware of it. Hates us embracing it. He hates it. So guess what? That's when he likes to attack. As soon as you begin to understand it and embrace it, he likes to come and try to, to just hammer it and try to remove it. And they like, history is full of enemies that have liked to attack at dawn. They like to get that, that rising sun right back on their on them and, and covering them where they the end of the the ones they're attacking they look at it man it happened this morning with me old clint was coming in and clint was coming in the door and the light was just right here and i turned to look and man i tell you what i thought we had an angelic visitation clint was just glowing Woo! it was the sun it was just man it was just burning my retinas it was just it was just bright i couldn't see anything Clint could have punched me right in the face right then if he wanted to. And I'd have never, I wouldn't have squinted. I don't even think my eyes would have blinked because I couldn't have seen anything coming. 
I was, I was there. I was, the, the light was there. I was relaxed. I was in that moment. And that was a perfect time. Thank, good, thank you, Clint, for not punching me in the face when you had the opportunity. I'm sure I frustrated him enough. He's our sound guy. I'm sure I've <laughs> said it many times. So, um, but we have to learn to deal with this. Because look, let's look at Psalms 37. Psalms 37 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Man, that just sounds relaxing. You're in the pasture, enjoying it, just kicking back. Have this either little wind blowing the grasses and everything's cool. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Oh, what a wonderful place to be. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn. I'm telling you what, that's the way I want my righteousness. The, the righteousness that God gave me, the one that's from Him, that's the only righteousness I have that any of us have. I want that to shine in my life. Just like that light that was just screaming through that door earlier this morning. I want it to shine like that. And that's, we have that promise that He will do that in our lives. And that the justice of our cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. All right, wait a second. Now things are about to shift. It was all this beautiful, relaxed, awesome environment. Do not fret. Wait a second. I was in the pasture land. I was chilling. It was all good. My righteousness was shining like the, like the noonday sun. It was like the dawn. Why am I fretting? Why, why did fret show up on my little wonderful relaxed scene let's look do not fret when men succeed in their ways and they carry out their wicked schemes oh crud i was chilling i wasn't bothering anybody i was in the pasture i was in the presence of god i was just enjoying what god's done and there's somebody has some wicked schemes there's there's some there's something happening while i'm in that that's just not even hardly fair now, there's not fret. So refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For evil men will be cut off and those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. So here is this beautiful moment. You've embraced the dawn. Things are rolling. You're understanding that the Lord is my shepherd, that pasture thing, that he's going to take care of me. I'm not going to have to be in want. I'm in that moment. I'm in that place. I'm trusting God. I'm delighting. I'm, I'm trusting, delighting, and committing. I'm doing those things in the beginning. And all of a sudden, now I've got to come in and not fret. Why? Because the attack of the enemy always, always, always is aimed at destroying that first part. The attack of the enemy is always aimed at destroying you trusting, you delighting, and you committing. That little scene, he doesn't like it. And when we're in that, where we're in that place where we, we have all that we need because all that we need is Jesus, when we're in that spot, then he wants to come in and attack. And I love it that God says, don't fret. This, this scheme doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't pan out for the schemer. You can just relax. Because see, when that attack comes, we can refrain from anger, like it says, and not fret because the kingdom of heaven has our back. The kingdom of heaven has our back. I've, anybody like the movie Gladiator? 
love the movie Gladiator. I know it's a little gory. I'm sorry. It is, it's pretty graphic. You know, but I tell you what, you make, you make the, the life of David into a movie, it's going to look like Gladiator. Heads rolling, lots of battle. It's a gory, gory scene. And, um, but there is this moment there at the beginning of the movie, okay, where we're kind of figuring out kind of the, the, the magnitude of who uh, Maximus is. Okay? And he's there, and there, he's you know, pushing the, uh, the uh, Roman conquest, and he's, he's there in, with the Germanic tribes. And they're about to have this first big, gory, epic battle that we see him leading his men in. And at the beginning of this thing, they've, they've tried to be peace. It's not going to work. And so he just lo- looks to his lieutenant, looks to his right-hand guy, and he says this little phrase. <clears throat> he says, um, well, no, I'm forgetting. At my signal. That's the part I want to know. At my signal, unleash hell. And, of course, he knows. All right, that means we're bringing all, we're bringing all we've got. Now, here's the thing. Our natural response whenever the attack comes, our natural thing when the battle's on, and okay, we're the, we, we tried to be at peace, we tried to do this cool, we tried to stay in the pasture thing, we, and, and now the battle's on, that is our natural, carnal, fleshly response, is to go, okay, you want to fight? I'm going to fight. Let's, let's bring it. But I want us to see something. I want us to see that we can, that we can unleash something that's not hell. That we can win this battle unleashing something else. That we can do it and, and now we can say we're going to unleash, not hell, we're going to unleash heaven. Let's look at Matthew 5. I'm telling you, it's the truth. Sounds cheesy, I'm sorry. But it's the truth. <clears throat> Matthew 5. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This righteousness, again, is this, every time I hit this word, you know, it's this big churchy word, okay? We don't use this word ever outside of church. But all it is is what God says is right. That's all righteousness is. It's what God says is right. So you are embracing what God says is right. You're, You're doing that. Your heart is connected with that. Just a few verses before, it talked about hungering and thirsting after righteousness. You're pursuing that thing. And so here you are, you're doing the right thing, and now the attack comes, the persecution comes. And persecution, by nature, is something that is pointed, it is directed, and it is not invited by just cause. Okay? That's discipline, or correction, or, or, even, just, or even revenge. Okay? This is persecution. This is something you didn't bring on yourself. You were just pursuing what God has for you and, and God, what God says is right. And then this attack comes. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Now, how on earth are we blessed in that? The blessing comes because ours is the kingdom of heaven. Now, that's not necessarily saying that, okay, you get the, and now you're going to get the kingdom of heaven because you smile and you take the persecution in it all. No, we're, you're blessed because you have, we have the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is the kingdom. It is this possessive thing. And the kingdom of heaven is simply God's way of doing things. His righteousness is what he says is right. His kingdom is his way of operation. It's like you go into the kingdom of Great Britain. It's going to be the way they choose to operate. You go into another kingdom of, of, of some sort of Middle Eastern land. It's going to be the way they choose to operate. The kingdom of heaven is the way God chooses to operate. And so now as we stay connected with what God says is right, we have the backing 
of the kingdom of heaven. We have God's ways of doing things. And guess what? His ways of doing things aren't our ways of doing things. They're not the normal ways of doing things. When the attack comes, we don't react on the normal way of reacting. Here we are. Let's look at this. The next verse says, blessed are you when people insult you. Yeah. Hoping for that one this morning. When Keenan was little, uh, he had watched uh, some watched this movie. One of his favorite movies um, was uh, Homer Bound. Is that the name of the movie? At the beginning of this movie, um, and of course you got to watch with your kid. You know, and I thought this is a good little kid movie. There's nothing wrong with this movie. And uh, so, uh, but there's a there's a couple of dogs and this cat. And right at the beginning of the movie, you, you, these dogs and the cat are, are t- they're, they're talking. Okay, so uh, you know something's wrong right there. And uh, and so these dogs and cat are talking. And um, at some point, there is this line in this movie that my son, one Saturday morning, decides to quote to me. He's about two and a half, maybe three years old. And I'm up in the kitchen, and he wakes up, and he walks in, and he's still all sleepy in his eyes. He's wiping the sleep out of his eyes. And I'm going to make him a little bowl of cereal, feed his little tummy, and uh, be a good daddy. And he comes in. I said, good morning, Kenan. He goes... Good morning, you flat-faced butt sniffer. Ah. Okay? Seriously? And it was a line from Homer Bound. I'm like, seriously, of all the stuff you can quote from Homer Bound, you got the one iffy line. And that's what you, that's what you quote to me. Guess what? I did not feel blessed. He insulted me. Look at me. I, it's not even true. I'm not flat-faced. I got a big nose. It's not even close to true. It was a, a lie. That was an insult. That was a lie. And I did not feel blessed in that moment. Nobody feels blessed when you get, in, when you get insulted. Nobody likes that. So, so what is this whole thing? Jesus is telling us he doesn't lie. What is this thing? Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The same people who pursued God and went after God with their whole heart, they got the same kind of junk. Okay? So just understand that sometimes this kind of stuff comes with the territory. Just let it roll. Let it roll. Understand that some of this stuff is going to come. And we also have to understand that the way we fight, it's different than the way people normally fight. It's not the way things normally go down. We, we, the, us as the, in the kingdom of heaven, we're supposed to operate on a higher level, on a different level. Our fight, folks, it is a fight of faith. It is a fight of faith, which sounds kind of, kind of real churchy as well. Okay? If, if we get this faith word as some sort of mystical, some sort of this force you can't kind of get your hands around. So that's why I also like to define this as this is a fight of trust. And now all of a sudden we begin to wrap our minds around this. And where's that fight happening? Is that fight happening on the outside? Mm-mm. If we get this idea as a fight of faith on the, on the outside, then I, I've got, got to have some faith somewhere, and I'm like a snowball fight. You know, I've got to get my faith and chunk it. No, 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 no. Whoa, 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 whoa. This is a fight. This is a fight of trust. Where does that happen? It happens right here. This is a fight 
of am I going to get sucked into the whirlwind of this attack or am I going to stand on what God has said? That's the fight. It's a fight of trust. It's a fight to not allow yourself to get pulled away, but to stand on what God has said is right. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what the enemy, no matter anything else says, you're going to say, God is right above all else, and I'm going to trust that. I'm going to cling, and I'm going to grab onto that with all I've got. That is the fight that we do. Because I tell you what, again, it's coming in to try to get us to not trust, to not delight, to not commit. That's what the attack is trying to do. So what do we need to make sure we do? Trust, delight, and commit. We need to make sure that we stay in that place. Because again, things are just, we can't do it the way the the world normally does it. It it does things backwards. It does things messed up. It does, the world does things kind of like a boy does maybe when he likes a girl. Ta-da! But it's true. I mean, I got th- I got three boys and a girl. Boys and girls are totally different. My boys are just violent. Girls are just dance everywhere. <laughs> Make a bowl of cereal. They're adorable. Boys are violent, man. Even when a boy likes a girl, he's violent. You ever see a little boy at a public pool? He likes a girl. He's like dunking her under. <laughs> Sticking her head in the filter. Oh, yeah. You are the one for me, sweetie. (laughs) You ever see a little boy smitten with a girl? It's hilarious. He's like, look at her. She's amazing. I must have her in my life. She is my day. She is my night. She is my flower. I must prove my love for her to have her forever. So with all my heart and with all my soul and with all my might, I shall throw this rock at her. And as the blood trickles down her temple, she will know the depths of my affection. If she survives, we will be wed. Go. Find your mark, little pebble. Find your mark. I tell you what, this, that's about as good as the world can treat us on a good day. They like us and that's about it. That, we, we just can't do it that way. We get it backwards. We get things messed up. We, we have to make sure that we, that we operate, that we operate on, a, on a different dimension. 2 Corinthians 10 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Okay? Now that sounds like something on the outside if you don't understand what we're talking about. We're going to clear it up. Okay, but let's keep rolling. It gets clearer and clearer as we move forward. We demolish arguments. Hmm. That could even be a little on the outside. If it, you know, you're, we're having this, this, this idea, this, this fight on the outside. Maybe an argument on the outside. And every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Oh, wait a second. This knowing God thing. Remember, we're about knowing God and trusting Him more. And we take captive every ah oh, thought. To make it obedient to Christ. When you look at this, all of these things. The strongholds, these arguments, these, these pretensions. All of these things are things that are happening in you. In you. All of these things are coming in. And they are trying to get you to question God's love for you. 
They're trying to get you to question whether or not God's going to do what he said he's going to do. God's going to try to question the, the, the authority of his word, trying to question these things and trying to get you to not trust and delight and commit unto him. All these things. That's why this is a fight of trust. Who am I going to trust? What am I going to hang on? What am I going to build my life on? What is my foundation? Let's read this in the message translation. 2 Corinthians in the message says, The world is unprincipled. Okay? It's a dog-eat-dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair. But we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have and never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entire... Uh, massively corrupt culture we use our powerful god tools for smashing warped theologies tearing down barriers erected against the truth of god fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of the life shaped by christ we trust we trust we trust so how do we do that how do we do that we understand it's a fight of trust i you know it you've been there you've felt the inner struggle You've understood it. Even when you feel like the thing is on the outside and you know that, you're, that somebody you know, hands you evil. They're insulting to you and you want to just get it back. But you know, we don't, we don't repay evil for evil. That moment where you're battling, that's that trust battle right there. You're thinking it's trying to figure out that the battle's on the outside. Nuh-uh. As soon as the decision is concrete on the, out, on the inside, the outside follows suit without any problems. The struggle is that moment. Am I, is it really okay? Man, if I, if I let them go, they're going to do it again. Man, everybody's going to think I'm a, I'm a, I'm a wimp. Or, 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 or they're, they're going to they're gonna do this or that. Oh, this, this trust, this trust. Is God right? Is he not right? Can I, can I go with what he says or can I not go with it? That is the battle. That's where it's at and we're going to trust. So the way we, we push through this, the way we really, really... Um, walk in the victory is we must stand in the victory that we already have that's the beautiful thing that's the beautiful thing this is not a when you when you say yes to christ you get it all it is all yours right then so many people think that we get salvation and then we start maybe giving to the church and, and reading our Bibles and, and, and doing all this nice good stuff that we ought to do. And then God gives us a little something else. Now he, he's a little closer to us and now he, he's doling it out. And we kind of go to the next level. We get a little more, a little more every time. And then we kind of, that salvation is kind of the entry level. No, that's not the way this works. It's, it is the entry level and we get it all. We get it all. And we spend the rest of our lives figuring out what we have. Man, you know this is true. You get married, you get it all, and you spend the rest of your life figuring out what you got. It's the truth. It's the truth. And it's a, it's a wonderful, beautiful mystery of a thing. It's, 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 it's wonderful. It's not a bad thing. But it's, 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 that's the way this works. 1 Timothy 1 says, Timothy, my son, I give you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, so that by following them, you may fight the good fight. Holding on. Not letting go. Holding on to faith and a good conscience. Some have rejected these and have so shipwrecked their faith. The fight was lost because they let go of it. 
It wasn't because of everything on the outside that there was the, the win or the loss. It was whether or not they were going to trust. They turned it and the shipwreck happened when they turned loose of trusting God. First Timothy 6 says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. When does this happen? When you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. When you said, Jesus is my Lord, you got it right there. I tell you, he's reminding him, hold on to that eternal life. You've got the fullness. That eternal life, if we really look at it, it's not just this long, perpetual, never-ending, time-link, eternal kind of life. It is this God kind of life, this fullness, this boundless kind of life, fully living in God. That's what we have in our our fighting the good fight of faith, is to, to stay in that and to hold on to that. In Romans 8... Romans 8 says, and <clears throat> reminds us. See, we, we get it all. We get it all. Just don't let go of it. You're not trying to get something new here. You're not saying, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. I'm going to try to get something new. You already have it. It's already yours. Stay hold of it. F- stay firm on it. And, and then if you don't know what you have, stay in the Word. Figure it out. Get taught. Get some good teaching. Learn, study. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you. But you have the fullness of it already. Stay in it. And Romans 8 says, no... Folks, in all these things, we are more, woo, I love this, more than conquerors through him who loved us. Through him who loved us. We're more than conquerors. Folks, I'm, <clears throat> we brought this message right in the middle of the dawn series as we talk about the beauty of the resurrection of Christ, as we understand what we have, that it's about him and not it about us. But you know what? I don't want you even to a minute to think that somehow that saying yes to Jesus is, is, is saying that all problems are going to go away. No, what it is is that we now have the answer to all problems. And that as they come, we lay hold of him and we stay firm on him and he carries us through those things and we walk them through and live out the victory that is ours. But it doesn't mean that it's a problem-free life. Man, I'm some, some of y'all may have said, man, this is, this is a timely message the the, the attack is on. I mean, yesterday we were, I was just sitting there. We have a wonderful family that, that is a, a, you know, a vital part of our church from day one. And just had a horrible yesterday. Just a horrible yesterday. Things are cool now. But just had a rough yesterday. Man, the attack was just on. Sometimes the attack is just on and it's like, yuck, just fine. Unplug the phones. Do something. I don't want any more news of anything. And you know what? It's sometimes it's those things that the enemy wants to come in and do exactly what we talked about at the beginning. He wants to rock. You're trusting, you're delighting, and you're committing. But if we will, oh, I tell you what, in my life, those places that were so dark that I could have turned loose. We've all had them. You walked with God at any length of time, we've had them. But those places that I said, no, my God is right, He loves me, and He's for me, and I stand with those darkest times. God has turned them to where those are the most encouraging things. When I, when I need a little faith encouragement, those are the things I remember. That God brought me through those things. That's why the devil loses every time. If he leaves us alone, he loses. If he attacks us, he loses. We win because of not what we've done, but what Christ has done. I love it that we sang that song today, that he makes all things work together for our good. Man, I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what you're going through today, but you know what? I want you to grab a hold of that right now. That he makes all things work together for our good. 
He does. He loves you. He knows right where you're at. And that attack that's going on in your life is trying to pry your fingers off of your trusting, your delighting, and your committing. And don't you let go of that. Don't you let go of that. You hang on to that. See, the greatest act of thanks that we can give Jesus for giving us this new day is living in the light of this new dawn. It's ours. Let's enjoy it. It's the greatest gift we've ever had. Let's enjoy it. And this morning, if there's anybody here who's not stepped out of darkness into light, by meaning I'm talking about that, that you don't have a relationship with God, that you're still in the dark on that thing, and that you need to embrace what Christ has done for you. If that's you, we can fix that right now, right this minute, right now. Because it isn't about undoing all the stuff you've done. It isn't about any of those things. It's simply about recognizing in your heart that Jesus has paid the price. He has done it. And I am simply going to say, yes, I'll take it. I'm going to let his death be my death. And then on the other side of that, I'm going to let his life be my life. And I'm going to allow him to shine like the, like the new dawn in my life. I'd appreciate it if everybody would just kind of bow your heads and close your eyes.